Friday morning, everybody. My name is Dick Reed, and it is the Friday Road Show, sponsored by none other than Affordable Towing. Love for you to come by and uh, just join us this morning as we kick off the, uh, to me, it's kicking off the weekend. I don't know, I suppose, because it just starts so early for me. I'm already in weekend mode. Have a look at that first alert forecast. It is going to be a bit colder today, not as cold as yesterday, but we are expecting to get back up into the 60s, the early part of next week, getting into that springtime weather. Uh, the president held a presser yesterday. I, I mean, it wasn't uh, the biggest disaster in the world, but it didn't really answer any questions. And uh, frankly, as I mentioned yesterday, the reality for this administration is there is no winning position for them at this point. Um, there there were demands for him to come out and address the nation, but there's nothing because of the way they've, they've handled this that could be said that would make the American people feel any better. And yesterday proved that to be true. Also, there are reports out that the Biden administration has rejected federal disaster assistance for um, East uh, Palestine, which, of course, is the town that's been drastically impacted by this toxic train derailment. It's just become so clear the policy of this administration is when there is something going on that requires immediate attention Because without the immediate attention, things are going to go badly. They pretend as if it's not that big of a deal. If we just ignore it, it'll go away. Whether it's the border, the situation in Afghanistan, watching how things play out with China, the lead-up to the invasion of Ukraine, uh, the spy uh, apparatus, the train derailment. It's just pretend like everything's fine downplay everything and that's their way of dealing with this uh you have fetterman has checked himself into a facility for what apparently has been pretty debilitating uh depression that he's had and it was hidden from uh the people of pennsylvania during the election though that did not stop his family from pushing him to run anyhow uh so he is uh away for a period of time and mitt romney acknowledging that uh donald trump's probably going to be the nominee so we'll talk about all that plus more this morning tom martz will join us jason Ryma with the latest news update barry county leaders held a groundbreaking ceremony in Cassville thursday for a new jail and sheriff's office that new facility will hold about 100 inmates It will have an area for inmates with mental health issues as well. The $17 million jail should be finished in July of 2024. Missouri lawmakers discussing a measure that would extend the age limits for survivors to sue their abusers. A House committee reviewing a bill that would let survivors file a civil suit against abusers until the age of 55. Current state law allows childhood sex abuse victims to sue their abusers until they're 26 or 31, depending on the defendant. A GoFundMe account raising money for Lamar Johnson. He's the man who was sent free this week after spending nearly 30 years behind bars for a murder he claims he never committed. A St. Louis judge vacated his conviction for the killing of Marcus Boyd in 1994. And the Missouri Department of Conservation reminding anglers that catch-and-keep trout season is coming up. It starts March the 1st at the state's four trout parks. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield Stock 1041. 
And the first alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Sunny 42 for a high today, 27 overnight low. Cloudy 51 tomorrow. Sunday sunny 60. Monday 61. Of course, uh, Sarah has, has talked about her home, and, and she's talked about it for a period of time. And I think it was last summer, ding-dong over here, threw a rock through a window. And she's like, i got to get it replayed. I was like, okay, so you know to whom to go, of course, St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Now, just and, to clarify, I didn't just throw it yeah, you, you, out of a fit of she, rage. She's like, I'm going to mow some rocks. No, and I'm gonna have the out, And I'm going to have the outshoot pointing towards my house. That's not what happened. It isn't what happened? I mean, it kind of was, but... <laughs> <laughs> you made it just sound so dramatic. Yes, but yes. So I, anyway, it was a great, uh, the whole thing worked out really nicely. Great opportunity for you to be able to experience what it, as a homeowner, what it is that I have with uh, St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvement. And that being said, Bob happens to be here. That's right. So Bob, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Are you a uh, morning person? Yeah. Are you? Absolutely. You know, for the fact that I wake up so early in the morning, I am not a morning person. You You would think I would be. She's really not today. I I really am not. She started off bad today. Yeah, I did. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. But windows. So you came out to my house. uh, It was probably about two weeks ago, maybe three. Yes, ma'am. Took a look at everything. So as a first-time homeowner, as first-time purchase of a window, what exactly can I expect? Well, when you can expect our guys to come in, do a nice, clean job, and be wild by the when they're done, and um, then from then on out, it's just maintenance-free, enjoying the energy savings, and never having to worry about your windows again. Now, summer is coming up, so is right now the best time if somebody is in the market for windows? If they're wanting to get them in and, and installed by summertime, by the time the heat hits, um, yeah, contact us now. We're giving 10% off to all KSGF listeners. And uh, not only can you get a better deal, the, but you'll get a better deal come this, this summer. Perfect. All right. So how do people get a hold of you if they're like, man, I really need some new windows? Uh, 417-883-7748. Perfect. Okay. Well, you got plans this weekend? I am pr- I'm getting a new truck today. No kidding. What are you getting? Uh, another uh, Ford truck, brand new. So, wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, they don't make it easy to buy used no. ones, so they make it a whole lot easier <laughs> buying new Maybe that's one. by design. Hey, I was going to ask real quickly, though. So when did you, you, how long have you been in your house? We've been in for about a year and a half now. Okay, so you know what your utility bills were last summer. Yes. Okay, yeah, Nick, Nick called me. Good. <laughs> about six months <laughs> after the windows were in to let me know how much he was saving. Oh, yeah, and, and it's true. Yeah. And, of course, I had siding as well done later, which I think also yeah, helps. don't forget, mm-hmm. we do siding. Yeah, yep. well, that's on my list. Yep. Yeah, and so I'm glad that you have been in the house a full year with utilities before you've gotten them because you'll appreciate them so much better. Yeah, I am very excited, especially with the, the time frame that I'm getting them done now because, you know, that spring weather just, I mean, immediately with Missouri, it just yes. goes right from spring to summer. Yeah, and summer. that's the thing. We get, we get all kinds of weather here, mm-hmm. and our windows are built for for all kinds of, you know, the, the weather and the and uh, rocks and everything else that we get here. <laughs> well, good. But uh, where most companies' windows are built for northern climates mm-hmm. that they get around here, ours are built for our climates. Well, I'm really excited. And you guys do doors as well, so we yes, talked ma'am. about that. Um, and then, of course, the siding as well. So and I think we're always willing to, you know, start one step at a time. Yes. Like we did with Nick. Yep. We started out with windows. 
Then we went to some siding, you know, and um, then we went to enclosing his back porch. Yeah. Into I mean, his yeah, wife's room. Yeah. yeah. It looks know? really nice, it too. It is and, nice. And stuff. So nice. now we're starting with Sarah, and, and eventually we'll be back to Nick. He's got a few more things to do. All right. That sounds so, yeah. good. Yep. And then and you give, so you said 10% discount to KSGF listeners and 20% to people who are who have Biden signs in their yard. Is that right? Well, I, unfortunately, <laughs> those people get charged double. So. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Just teasing. All right. Well, of course, you can also find all of the contact information for St. Clair, the Ozarks at KSGF.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. Bob, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Have a good weekend. All right. Take care. Henry, of course. (laughs) Coming up, Senator Mitt Romney acknowledging Trump probably will be the nominee. He does have a bit of a caveat, but uh, this is one of those instances where Mitt Romney's probably right about something. Traffic update now. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Failed presidential candidate Senator Mitt Romney told reporters on Wednesday that former President Donald Trump will likely be the Republican nominee in 2024, saying, I think President Trump is by far the most likely to become our nominee. Uh, If there's an alternative to that, it would be only realistic if it narrows down to a two-person race at some point. And he is correct about that. Uh, when Trump made the comment, the more the merrier, regarding Nikki Haley getting in, I don't know. Trump sometimes says things that are these cliched, off-the-cuff statements, but I wonder if he isn't actually almost for his own amusement giving great insight into his thought. Because the more the merrier, you hear that and you think, oh, okay, well, that's just a throwaway. So like, okay, sure, whatever. But for him, it is. Trump supporters are going to support Trump. I mean, that, that's you, you if, if you, any voter out there for the primary cycle who is a Trump supporter, <laughs> there, there are going to be very few of those individuals that, that peel off. Outside of Trump doing something just catastrophically self-destructive. Which, I'm not even sure what that would be. Because Trump has done things that traditionally would be considered catastrophically self-destructive. And they weren't. And so, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. And it's not because his followers are cult followers. It's because he's produced meaningful results. And so his supporters are like, okay, he said this, he said that, yeah. Uh, but look at all of the benefits of this guy. He did a great job. He did a wonderful job. Not worried about bedside manner right now. And so because of that, it's going to be very difficult to pull those people away. So the question is, what's the percentage, okay? And if you have... Over 50% of solid support amongst primary voters, then you're looking good no matter what, even if it's a one-on-one race. But if, if, you know, it gets below 50, you want as many people in it as possible because there is the pro-Trump people and then the anti-Trump Republicans. 
uh, and they may not be anti-Trump because they don't think he did a good job or because they don't care for his positions, but they might fear that uh, he can't win again. Uh, they might fear uh, that uh, you know, the media is just going to tear him apart and you know, it's sort of psych themselves out. And so in terms of electability in the general election, they may think, no, we need to go an alternate route. Well, if you have one alternate route, and this is Mitt Romney's point, and he's correct, then all that that's one that's going to get all of those people who decide Trump's not the direction to go. But you throw another one in, and if if they're viable, then you're going to get a it's going to split that up. You get another one. You get another one, and so for Trump, it really truly is the more the merrier. All of the speculation regarding. DeSantis, I I can't help but believe that he is going to calculate into this equation whether or not there are other viable Republicans running, because he's not an idiot. He, He, I suspect, understands and knows that if you have... And we have yet to see how viable Nikki Haley is. I, I think she's definitely going to be... A, a, she, she knows what she's doing. She's not going to be... You, you can't automatically assume that she's not going to be a viable candidate. She could very well be. If you get others in there, DeSantis is going to see that and do the math, and, and I think he would recognize, all right, you know, maybe if it was one-on-one, I could potentially do this and, and win. But if you're talking about two-on-one and three-on-one and four-on-one, uh, as Mitt Romney pointed out, all of those people who think – the route to the White House is not Trump are going to potentially be split up, which is fantastic for Trump. So it, it is definitely to Trump's benefit, the more Republicans that get into this. And that may be something for, you know, because I know a lot of people who are big Trump supporters and they don't want the challenges because your instinct is, why can't we all just get behind Trump? And there is frustration and aggravation at the idea of other Republicans trying to challenge him. Uh, you should, quite frankly, welcome the more Republicans. As long as there's one. If there's one, then you want in, as many in there as possible to split up uh, that vote. And then, of course, comes the general election. And as occurred last time, most Republicans got behind him. Um there were always some establishment that did not. But ultimately, uh, let's not forget, there were uh, high-profile Republicans that questioned whether they'd vote for him if he was the the uh, the, the nominee um, up against Hillary Clinton. They, they would go that far. So a lot of this we've been through before. The numbers are in Trump's favor. Um, but um, as always, a lot can happen between now and uh, next year. Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. I want a great homeloan.com. Don Carricker, Alex Carricker, Anthony Carricker's all of the characters. That is step number one before you do anything else. Uh, you want to make sure that you get officially pre approved. You get verification, yes. For the next 30 days, you are approved on this. You can make an offer, you are covered. And the reason I say that is because too often. 
People will go to their bank or they'll get what they think is a pre-approval, but it's sort of an unofficial pre-approval. And then they find the home and then they love it and then they make a bid and they're like, this is great and fantastic. And then they go and they're told, well, we haven't actually done a full approval yet. And sometimes the character team get those people that come along and they say, I've been told, you know, they told me that I was approved, but then they told me I wasn't officially approved and I have this little hiccup on my credit report and so that they're not going to deal with me. And then they end up going to IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com. So just start there. That's my advice to you. It is remarkable the talent pool that Democrats put up as experts, whether it's in government or in media, that frankly are complete morons. I mean, they Don Lemon on CNN, he has gotten himself in enough hot water that CNN staffers, his own colleagues are piling on. He was on this, it wasn't really a panel, but he was on... Um, with these two other gals, and I I don't know their names, CNN. They were commenting after Nikki Haley's campaign launch speech that she gave, and one of the arguments that Nikki Haley made was that we needed to move past elected officials that are past their prime. Which, by the way, I don't think that's necessarily a winning campaign issue, but that aside... So Don Lemon starts to talk about how it makes him uncomfortable talking about the age component here. Noting that Haley isn't in her prime. And he says, sitting between these two women, quote, a a woman is considered to be in their prime in 20s and 30s, maybe 40s. (laughs) Uh... To which his co-host, Poppy Harlow, that's her name, remarked sharply, prime for what? Put on the defensive, Lemon told Harlow, who's 40, and his viewers to Google it. And this was the best, there's so many levels to this. He's defending himself because he, he realized, they're like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? You're, you're telling us as women when we're in our prime. And so he's like, hey, don't shoot the messenger. It's, I'm just telling you the facts. Google it. Google winter women in their prime. So aside from the gender component to this, here you have somebody that CNN puts up as some sort of authoritative source that you are supposed to listen to. And he's actually arguing that something is a fact because you can Google it. Well, the Internet says so, so that means it's true. The... conversation and some of this gets sort of leaked out is that they they don't even know what it was that he what his point was uh one describer uh uh, insider described it saying everyone's annoyed people are definitely upset about it um and another saying you know we don't even know what he was trying to what was he even talking about and they're trying to figure out, like, what was it? Does he really think that? And what was his point? And first of all, why would he Google that anyway? Because that, the whole premise of this thing is nutty. So Don Lemon, what, Googled when are women in their prime? 
it couldn't have been for personal reasons. He's a homosexual, so it's not like he was trying to, you know, figure out uh, what age of woman that he wanted to target for personal, for recreational purposes, because that's not his cup of tea. So what was his point? I can tell you exactly what his point is, and this is another level of the problem that we have with these people, with these Democrat operatives that are in the media. His whole point was just to insult Nikki Haley as a woman. That's all that it, it wasn't based in any sort of reality. It was a comment that she made, and they were talking about that. They noted that here, he, you know, they're they're hitting some of the points that she made, and that obviously, one, it was a point about Biden but also arguably about Donald Trump as well, as some Republican establishment is saying we need to move on from him. Not that his age necessarily prime, but, but you know, well, his time in politics is crested. It's over. His prime in politics. That's the art. And so they were discussing that. And, and that's when he piped up and said, well, I don't think she should be talking about prime. She's past it because she's a woman. And women pass their primes in their 20s, 30s, and so forth. So it... It wasn't any sort of true, genuine evaluation. It was just a way to make a dig at her. And it was a comment she made. And so that was his lazy go-to way to make a dig at her is saying, well, she's not in her prime either. This stuff really, so often, particularly when it comes to the left, it's not that difficult to figure out why it is they say what they say and why it is they do what they do. We are live, our Friday road show from Scramblers this morning, Republican National, that is the location, and as always, Friday road show sponsored by Affordable Towing. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast. Sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work. Sunny 42 for a high today, mostly clear tonight, 27. Saturday, cloudy, 51, 60 on Sunday. We're talking about that idiot, Don Lemon, which, again, why is why it is that Democrats insist on taking the biggest idiots and promoting them to positions of authority, whether it's information or in government. I, it's just, with a greater consistency, we see this occur. And he's in hot water because he claimed that it's a fact women are in their prime, in their 20s and 30s, maybe their 40s. And his evidence of that is that you can, quote, Google it, uh, saying, don't blame him. He's just the messenger. (laughs) So you got this guy on CNN telling two women uh, when it is that they are in their prime. And this was all in reference to Nikki Haley and saying that she was past her prime. And Sarah was making a good point. Are there any Democrat women that aren't past their prime then in high-profile positions? Nancy Pelosi is more than double past her prime. Hillary Clinton is well past her prime. Diane Feinstein, who is resigned. I mean, every one of these... I, look at who's not past their prime, according to Don Lemon and the Democrat Party. Ocasio-Cortez, that's all they have. Cori Bush, I don't know how old she is. Who knows? Uh, Ilhan Omar. I mean, these are the youngest women 
that have any sort of high-profile recognition within the Democrat Party. But how often have we been told Nancy Pelosi is, I mean, the greatest thing? She has been, according to Biden and Democrats, the greatest Speaker of the House ever. She didn't get to be Speaker of the House until she was well past her prime, according to Don Lemon. Well, uh, count Cori Bush out. She's 46. Yeah, she's past her prime. Get out of there. What is Ocasio? She's like late 20s or early 30s or something. I mean, that that's the prime for the Democrats? 35, nope. 35. So, so she's, she's only she's, got a couple more years. Yep, she's only got a couple more years until <laughs> she's out of her prime. But here's another thing. In order to declare, as Don Lemon did, when a woman is out of their her, her prime, he must be designating persons as women. Who is he to do that? If, if a woman is what a person just individually declares, and the only definition of a woman is what each individual declares it to be, so if I want to be a woman, I can be a woman, How does that automatically make my prime lower, according to CNN? Or Don Lemon on CNN? Is it different than a men's prime? And if so, do you automatically shift your prime based on your self described gender see these are questions i'd love wouldn't you just love at times to be on a cnn panel i mean as frustrating as it would be you imagine a normal person who actually has the ability to think to be on a panel like that and while they're like what do you mean pastor probably like i've got some questions here for you don by the way certainly would be fun i'd say um. All right, well, since we're talking about Nikki Haley, I saw this headline and I thought, oh, she's headed in the wrong direction. But then I read the story and I thought, oh, this is an interesting direction. And it's one I'm in agreement with her on. So the headline is Nikki Haley says the DeSantis parental rights and education law in Florida doesn't go far enough. Now, actually, scratch that. So the headline is there, there was a separate headline that just said she criticized DeSantis's uh, parental rights and education law, and I thought, oh, she's going to try to find the middle road here, right? Oh, she's criticizing it that that uh, it shouldn't be so rigid, so strict. No, her criticism is that it does not go far enough. The exclusive story from Exeter, New Hampshire, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley says that a controversial parental rights bill that bans teachers from giving classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade that Florida DeSantis signed into law last year needs to be more stringent. She said, quote, there's all this talk about the Florida bill, the quote, don't say gay bill. Basically, what it said was you shouldn't be able to talk about gender before third grade. I'm sorry. I don't think that goes far enough, she said, to applause from the crowd packed into the historic town hall in Exeter, New Hampshire. She went on to say, quote, when I was in school, you didn't have sex ed until seventh grade. And even then, your parents had to sign whether you could even take the class. That's a decision for parents to make, she added to more applause. I agree with her. (laughs) I totally agree with her. See... I think even rational people, to some degree, have lost sight of what it is that our public education system should be doing. I think that some people, 
good, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the crazy leftists that are trying to indoctrinate kids, but but normal people can struggle over. Well, should we should we teach this stuff because it is in our society after all. Um, you know, things have changed. It's not the '60s anymore, and because LGBT issues do exist, maybe they should be talked about. Schools don't exist for the purpose of making children a mirror image of what's going on in society at the time. The point of school is to teach them things so that when they go out there in the real world, they can be productive members of society. And ultimately, whether people want to admit this or not, that is the ability to go out there in the, in the workforce and to be able to compete against people who are from other countries because this world has gotten much smaller. That's the point of it. Whether or not LGBT issues are taught in school, ultimately, in reality, should have nothing to do with whether it's moral, it's immoral. It is, is this when you are wanting to be a pilot or a mechanical engineer or a brain surgeon and you go through the public education system and you go through the higher education learning system and then you are up against uh, somebody who went through the system in India or South Korea, are you going to be better prepared? Are you going to be better educated when it comes to taking over that position? It's it, it's the same approach I take when it comes to the military and the discussion of, you know, oh, these people serving and openly serving. Should we have drag shows? Uh, does that make us more dangerous to the enemy? Does that make us a more lethal fighting force? Does that make it more or less likely if we are attacked by a foreign enemy? Does it make it more likely we are going to be able to defend ourselves? or less if the answer is more i don't care if it's wearing clown wigs i mean if if wearing clown wigs somehow makes us a better fighting force then do it if it is discovered that little people somehow make us a better fighting force then i would do a huge recruitment on that if on the flip side somehow that was a detriment i'd say no little people in the military because we should identify what is the goal the same thing with education The early, and we hear how important K through fourth grade is. K through fourth grade, those those first formative years where the brain is forming and how fundamentally important it is and how there is essentially, to a degree, a window that closes. And, and those early years where you formulate, it is a foundation for the, the learning that comes in subsequent years. And as some 28-year-old teacher talking to his kindergarten class about his gender fluidity, helping their brains formulate in a, in a manner that is going to lay that foundation to help them get out there and compete against young people who are being trained to think in countries like Germany and Japan and China. We have to get back in, into recognizing what is the purpose of school. And by the way, we, we, when I say we, I fully recognize people on the left, they do not see it as I described it. 
they see it as training young people to have the same belief systems that they do because in their minds the the perfect utopian society is when everybody believes what they believe that that is there's no dissent everything is one dimensional and so for them that is the purpose of school that's why they indoctrinate them in all these these uh these social beliefs that are in line with what they believe it is for them a training ground for their beliefs so we have two very, very different versions of what the purpose of our public school systems are. And this is why we're having such conflict right now. And by the way, this is why, just in this last week, there's a study that showed in Baltimore, in that school district alone, 38 schools, there was not a single student in high school that was proficient in math. Not a single one in the Chicago school districts. A study that was done, and this wasn't some right-wing study. This was based off the academic standards of our government. And there, and I think it was 60-some or so. I mean, it was a tremendous number of schools in the Chicago school district in which there was not a single student proficient in math, in reading, or in science. Not one. And I believe the study found in all of uh, the entire state of Illinois, only one out of ten students were. We need, and so it, while what Nikki Haley is talking about here, she is she is correct, um, but I, I think that it isn't the source of the problem. It, it what she is talking about here when it comes to sex ed and what we're teaching in school, it is a symptom of a larger problem, and that is the fact that we have lost total sight of what the purpose of our school system should be. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Now, a couple other points here. Just some of this is my opinion based on facts. You don't have to agree with me, clearly. You don't need my permission not to agree with me. But on the discussion of uh, sex ed in school and Nikki Haley talking about how. Ron DeSantis's uh, parental rights bill didn't go far enough, uh, and saying, noting that when she was in school, sex ed, you, it was like during health class uh, in seventh grade, and even at that, it was only with per, uh, parents' permission. Now, I know, so instinctually, for a lot of people, you hear that, and, and you think, well, that's just, I mean, things were just so different then. Yes, they were. Were they worse? <laughs> I mean, at, look at it this way. What is the point of sex ed? What's the point of it? Now, once upon a time, the point of it was, one, so people knew how babies were made. I mean, that's so kids could learn how babies are made, physically how they're made. <clears throat> Move beyond the stork and actually physically know what causes that to happen? And then it it's shifted just, or I should say expanded a bit, based off a, a recognition that some students, some young people may not wait till they're married. And so it was explaining it in a way that would also allow young people to make wise decisions, right? You would learn about STDs. You would learn about about all of these things. So it was twofold. 
one, know how babies are made, and two, how to not make babies for the purposes of, of planning, making wise decisions. You know, so that way you're not, so we don't have babies having babies. You don't derail your career. You, know, you, you, you can, at the very least, if you are going to be having sex, you can uh, learn how to prevent sexually transmitted diseases. So it was educational for the purposes of making better decisions for your life. What is the point of it now? The people who push the teaching of gender fluidity and sexuality and all of these things in schools now, what is the stated ultimate goal? Because if you ask those people, is there really a wise decision path for young people to make regarding sexuality? There's not. According to them, you do whatever you want. You be what you want, you do what you want. So you're not teaching for the purposes of giving young people the tools to better prepare themselves for life. Because the, the only way you're doing that is if you are showing young people, okay, well, here's these tools will allow you to do this, and that way you can prevent doing that, so that way you don't end up with a child at the age of 16, you don't end up with uh, sexually transmitted diseases. But if all that stuff is irrelevant, if you can have as many partners as you want, if you can have whatever kind of partner you want, you can start at any age you want. If the point isn't to educate so that wiser decisions can be made regarding that particular issue, then what is the point? And the answer, of course, is it is to indoctrinate people into their belief. It's not educational. It's simply coaxing them into your personal belief system. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I am Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm sure this will come as a shock to you, but we have been told by the White House that his doctor's, Biden's doctor, he did his physical uh, exam, that uh, he's he is, this guy is as fit for duty as anyone could ever be. <laughs> this is, again... The impossible scenario that has been created. On one hand, you have a lot of Americans and you have a number of Republicans that say we there needs to be a physical exam for Biden. There needs to be an exam. Because it is apparent something is not right with this guy. There needs to be an exam. But in reality, do we honestly believe that in any world... The White House would allow a full exam, and then when they find out, oh, yeah, he ain't all there, there's going to be an announcement of that? Do we think that Jean-Pierre is going to come out and announce, yeah, it did not go well at all? <laughs> uh, we were halfway through the mini mental exam, and he started trying to order ice cream, and when we told him that we did not have Rocky Road, he got mad threw a pin across the room, and pooped his pants. I, is that what we think is going to happen? Of course they're going to say the guy's sharp as attack. And so, understandably, 
the response can be from Biden supporters. Well, then what's the point? I mean, if you're not going to accept the analysis anyhow. And yeah, I mean, that's true. But again, this is the impossible position the American people are put in when you are dealing with a presidency that they will clearly they will lie about things that are so obvious, so obvious. And for these people to it would be one thing to just ignore Biden's behavior or to just be like, well, sure, but, you know, anybody at that age. But to come out and to say the guy's sharp as attack, to say he's the best communicator this White House has, to say, oh, this guy's the best story. I mean, he could just sit and I mean, he's so sharp and talk circles around us. And and it's it's just it is the same for a propaganda that comes out of North Korea when they report that Kim Jong-un shot 17 holes in one while out golfing. It is the sort of thing that only brainwashed people will believe. But other than that, everyone knows it's so patently not true, but they say it anyway. Now, there was one medical expert who noted that Biden's health evaluation was missing one thing, and that was the mental status exam. And of course it was. They're not, but again, they're not going to give him one. And if they did, they are not going to be honest about the results, what the results were. Every day that this guy stands up and talks is a mental health exam. And it is on full display. And you don't have to be an expert to know that something's wrong. Yes, there are certain things you can say, well, are you a doctor? No, but come on. I mean, if I'm sitting here and I watch somebody fall to the floor and they start seizing uncontrollably, I don't have to be a doctor to understand that they're having a seizure. And when somebody like President Biden is clearly over and over and over again, consistently not aware of what's going on, contradicting himself, forgetting who's dead and who's alive, calling people by the wrong names, uh, you know, slipping. And, and making policy announcements that are contrary to what the policy actually is, according to what we're, at, we're told, there is something wrong with the guy. And we don't need a mental health exam from some sort of professional to tell us that, because we have our own eyes and we have common sense. Tom Arch joining us in the next hour as we continue the Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Towing at Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed.